The period between Yudzayin Batamuz and Tishabav is known traditionally as a three weeks. And it's true that if we measure the time from Yudzayin Batamuz to Tishabav and look at the calendar, we'll see that there are indeed three weeks. But we find that Chachamim refer to this period as Bain Hamitzarim. And that is taken from the Pasuk in Eicha, right in the beginning of Eicha, third Pasuk, where the Pasuk concludes with the words called Hisiguha Bain Hamitzarim. All those who pursued her caught up to her between the straits. Bain Hamitzarim, a Meitzar, is a narrow passage. If you like the way the Torah describes in Parshas Balak, Gader Mizeh Gader Mizeh, where you're in the middle and there's no room to escape to either side. You're blocked off from the sides. You come in at one end, you go out the other end. And clearly, if people are being pursued, that's the kind of place you want to avoid because it's a trap. There's nowhere to flee. Yermiah Navi describes how the pursuers... The persecutors of Am Yisrael catch up to us Bain HaMetzarim in a place or as Chachem understood it, a time which is Bain HaMetzarim, a time where we are trapped with nowhere to escape. And hence, this period between Yudzayim Batamuz on one side and Tishabav on the other is called Bain HaMetzarim. And yet, the tradition Entire souls refer to as three weeks. So we're going to examine a little bit what this idea of three weeks is, and see that it really has some very, very interesting sources. The tour in Simantakuknanada describing the preparation for Tishabav, the Minagavelis that begin before Tishabav, Vishnichnas Av Mamatim Basimcha. In the Gemara, there is no reference to any kind of Avelis before Rosh Chodeshav. So right at the end of Siman Tafkuf Nun Aleph, the Torah tells us, the Garcinim Yerushalmi, the Yerushalmi says, Mayesh Beinehem Bein Shiva Asar Batamuz Tishabav Esrim Vechad Yom. Between Shiva Asar Batamuz Tishabav, there are 21 days. Mishihufka Ir Achichar Vabayis, from the breaching of the walls of Yerushalayim and Yudzayim Batamuz, until the Churban of Yerushalayim on Tishabav, the Churban based on English. V'yesh Omrim says the Tur, there are those who say, K'neged shlosha shavuim shi'isanad Daniel. There are those who say that these are three weeks, parallel the three weeks that Daniel fasted. And in a moment, uh, we will get to the three weeks of Daniel, and we'll find another source also for three weeks. Hence, we have a minag from Yudzayim Batamus to engage in certain practices, minag Ashkenaz of Avelis. So the Torah refers to three weeks of Daniel, and we'll come back to that in Yitzhak Hashem in the second share in the series. But we'll begin with another reference to three weeks, which we find in the beginning of the first Haftorah that we read in preparation for Tishabav. The three weeks are marked by three Shabbosim, three Haftorahs, a series 
which Chazal referred to as Tlasa de Puranusa, the three Haftoras of impending doom, which foretell of the coming Churban. And the first one is Perik Aleph of Yirmiyahu. And then we read as follows. Hashem says to Yirmiyahu, shows him a vision, asks him, what do you see? And he says, I see an almond branch. Hashem says, good job, you saw well. Because I am determined to do, bring about my word swiftly. The first vision of Yirmiyahu, second vision of Yirmiyahu actually, is a makel shaked, an almond branch. Rashi tells us, Hitav talirot, you've seen well, hashaked hazehum mahelot si perach kodem nucholeilanos. The shaked, the almond tree, is unique that it brings forth its blossoms before any other tree. I live in Harnof in Yerushalayim. Comes the month of Shvat, around Tubi Shvat time. Still the middle of winter. Cold outside. The trees are bare. And I'm driving up through the Jerusalem forest. And all of a sudden there's a tree in glorious blossom. And you know for sure, no question, it's the almond tree. While everything else is still dead, still bare in the middle of winter, the almond tree doesn't wait around. It bursts forth in blossom before anybody else moves. That's what Rashi tells us. So just like the almond is swift and quick, so I'm going to bring about my word swiftly. Meaning, the impending destruction, the Churban, is going to come quickly. Rashi adds, Midrash Agada, the Midrash tells us, The shaked from when the budding fruit first appears on the tree until the fruit is completed, that period is 21 days. Just like the time of 21 days between the breaching of the walls of Yerushalayim, Yudzayim, the Tamils, and Tishabav, when the base of Midrash is destroyed. So the Midrash tells us that this Shaked has a symbolism of 21 days to fruition, representing these 21 days, these three weeks. The Malbim in Pasha Shmos encounters a very similar question to the one we encounter over here by Yirmiyahu. Moshe Rabbeinu encounters HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the snare, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks to him and wants to give him a sign. And he asks Moshe a question, What is that in your hand? And Moshe says, Makel, Mate. Moshe says, Mate. It's a strange question. Moshe Rabbeinu, the great soul of the Nevi'im, is asked, what does he have in his hand? And he answers, he has a stick. And it seems he got the answer right. HaKadosh Baruch is pleased with the answer. What kind of a question is it? 
Says the Malbim, Moshe Rabbeinu Chua is carrying a stick. But he offers three different words in Lashon HaKadosh that could refer to that object in Moshe's hand. Moshe could have said, this stick is a mishenet, a walking stick. Moshe is an old man, he's 80 years old. A walking stick, mishenet. He could have asked, he could have answered, this is a makel. A makel is a stick used for hitting. Moshe is a shepherd. To keep the sheep in line, one needs a stick to hit. The third option was a mateh. A mateh is a staff. A staff is carried by a person of authority, by a leader, a symbol of greatness. HaKadosh Baruch says the Malbim was asking Moshe Rabbeinu, what do you identify in your hand? How do you see yourself? You're a shepherd carrying a stick to hit the sheep? You're an old man carrying a walking stick, a cane? Or do you understand that you're being sent on a shlichus from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to lead Klai Yisrael and you're accepting that by carrying a mateh? Moshe answers mateh. He got the answer right. Similarly, says the Malbim, Yumi has asked a question. What do you see? Well, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is showing him a vision of an almond branch. And Yirmiyah correctly identifies the almond branch. Not only is he correctly identified, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds and says, Heitav Taliros, good job! Now, it seems a little strange. Here is an almond branch. What is an almond branch? Oh, good job, almond branch. Malbim tells us he's being asked a similar question to what Moshe Rabbeinu was asked. How do you identify? Yes, it's a stick, but how do you identify it? Is it a mater? Is it a symbol of greatness? Is it a mishenet? Is it support? Yirmiya says, Makel! It's a stick for beating. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Good. You've understood. This is a symbol of the impending destruction. And this symbol of the impending destruction, the Makel Shaked, carries in it the secret of three weeks. The swiftness, the determination that is represented by the almond is going to be reflected in these three weeks of Khurban. Gemara Sanhedrin Daflamit Ches. Rav Chista brings a drasha and asks, what does the Pasuk mean? Pasuk in Daniel, which is, Vayishkod Hashem al Hara'ah, Vayavi'eha alaynu, Kitzadik Hashem lokeinu. Vayishkod Hashem al Hara'ah. Vayishkod is a word that we're going to have to keep coming back to to define. Vayishkod Hashem dwelt on, paid particular attention to. Swiftly brought about the evil. He brought that evil unto us. For Hashem is righteous. And it seems that this passage is somewhat of a non-sequitur. And he asks, Because Hashem is righteous. So he swiftly brings the evil to us. That doesn't seem what you expect from a tzaddik. That doesn't seem the reflection of the tzidkos Hashem. The answer is yes, in 
Yes, indeed. Tzedakah asa HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he brought about the Churban, was doing tzedakah, was doing kindness to Yisrael. How? Ula answers, Shigdim shtei shanim levenoshantim. That the Churban was brought two years short of venoshantim. That requires an explanation. In the Kriyasa Torah that we read on Tishavav from Pashas of Eschanan, we read how Moshe Rabbeinu warns of what might happen when we come to Israel. You'll come to Israel, you'll have children, you'll have grandchildren, generations will go on, and you'll a process which may develop, which is called Venoshantem Baaretz. Literally, you'll become old in the land. Vishchatem Vasisim Pesel, Tumunaskol. And then, as a result, you'll come to make idols. Vasisim Harab, and you'll do evil in the eyes of Hashem, get him angry. Haidoisi Bachem, Hayomet Shemaim Vasaretz, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I call Shemaim Vasaretz to witness, Kiavotovedun Maher. That you will swiftly be lost from the land that you are now coming into to inherit. We warned that there's a danger in Eretz Israel of becoming complacent, of becoming comfortable, of becoming old. When you lose that initial enthusiasm of Am Yisrael coming to Israel, and you begin to serve Hashem in a way that is it's old, no longer new and exciting. You no longer live a Torah life of that we approach Torah and Avodah Hashem every day as something new, as novel, as exciting, as if we're seeing it for the first time. The opposite of that is Noshantem. You become old. What will happen? What will happen is you don't appreciate Israel, don't appreciate the opportunities you have to enter into a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in this place where Tamid Anei Hashem Lokech where Hashem's attention is focused and concentrated on all your so you lose it you lose it and you lose it quickly Avod Tovedun Maher quickly now Ula tells us Venoshantim in Gematria is 852. Said the Torah hints to a period that we're entitled to be in Eretz Israel will be there for how long? Venoshantem Baaretz. 852 years. That is the outer limit of what Akhresh Baruch is going to allow us in Eretz Israel if we do not use it properly. If we choose to use Eretz Israel properly, to serve him with his chashas, with excitement. We're there forever. But Venoshantem embodies in it a time limit of 852 years. When did the Churban happen? Well, we know when the Beis Amigdash was completed. Uh, when the Beis Amigdash was, uh, was completed. The Beis Amigdash was completed. Uh, we told Malachim. 480 years. Shmonim shana v'abamel shana l'tseis b'nei Yisrael meret Mitzrayim. 480 years after Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the base of Mikdash was built. Now, of course, 
480 years after Yetzirah Mitzrayim, we have to deduct 40 years in the desert. So, from when they arrived in Israel, Beis Hamidus was built 440 years later. How long did the first Bay stand? First Beis Hamidus stood 410 years. So, 440 years until it was built, 410 years that it was built. We have a total of 850 years from when Nasal entered Israel in the time of Yeshua until the Chubbana 850 years. One second. We were cheated. We were entitled to two more years. We're not shantem, 852. Yes, we were entitled to 852 years. But Tzedakah Baruch Hu did an incredible kindness that he brought the Churban quickly, speedily, before its time. Because if we would have waited to 852, to the end of Noshanten, then the continuation of the Pasuk would have had to come true as well. You will be speedily lost and destroyed. The result of reaching Noshanten, 852 years, would be a total destruction. Maral explains that those two years that were left over meant that there was still something left of our Swiss narrative Israel. We were going to Golis, but we had something to return to. Had we used up 852 years, there would be nothing left to return to. No Swiss of Israel left for us. The Satsdaka Saimanu says Ula. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did an incredible kindness. Yes, he had no choice. We deserved Churban. We as it were, twisted Kaddish Baruch Hu's arm into bringing Khurban. And even there, Kaddish Baruch Hu does a chesed, does a tzedakah, that he brings it quickly. He doesn't play us out till the end, because if he played it out till the end, there's no return. The chesed, the tzedakah, is he left over two years from the Venoshantim, that we could still have something to return to and rebuild again and come back to Eretz Israel. And here again, in Daniel, we have this word, the root, Shaked, Vayishkod Hashem al He brought it swiftly. Again, the idea of the Shaked, that while the other trees are still in their winter dormancy, the Shaked is already acting, bringing out its fruit. The swiftness of the Churban is not a function of making the Churban worse. It's a function of giving us a chance to come back again and make things better. The Shaked appears in another place, this time in the Chumash, in Parshas Korach. Parshas Korach, after the Assault on the Kahuna of Aaron and the leadership of Moshe by Korach, by his 250 Rashis and Hedros from Shavit Ruvain. Kadosh Baruch tells Moshe Rabbeinu, we're going to have it out and make it clear that Aaron is chosen and nobody else. And each Shavit is asked to send a representative with a stick. A dry stick, the sticks are put into the Kodesh of Kodashim, and they come back in the morning, the Nei Parach 
Mate Aaron. Aaron's staff alone has flowered, has brought forth leaves, has blossomed, and is already by Shkedim, is completing the production of almonds. Why almonds? Well, again, the almond tree is quicker than any other tree to produce its fruit. But it seems that the almond was chosen by Kadesh Baruch Hu to represent the leadership of the Kohanim of Aaron. Rav Hirsch in his parish describes how appropriate the shaked is for a representation of the kahuna. And I'll read an English translation of Rav Hirsch. He writes, And yet does not the almond tree stand out distinguished among all its comrades in the early days of spring? And in what is it distinguished? In Shkida, from which it gets its name. Shkida, by Yishkod Hashem In eager zeal, in keenness, in happy, vigorous devotion and energy for that which it has to accomplish. While its brother trees are still making up their minds, it has already acted. And right from the beginning puts the goal, which is the production of fruit and the fruit blossom, in the foreground, the object for which it exists and for which it then produces its leaves, the lungs to supply the necessary saps for the ultimate goal, the fruit. But is this not the most complete picture of the spirit of the Kohanim, which enabled them to be the representatives of Akadosh Baruch Hu and of Torah in the Mikdash? When Moshe Rabbeinu called after Chet Egel Mila Hashem Eli, it was Bnei Levi who responded. The symbol of Kohuna, Kohanim Zrizimheim, the meaning of Kohanim is the enthusiasm, their quickness, their speed in doing their assigned tafkid, represented by the shaked. The shaked represents that swiftness. And it's therefore noteworthy that the Shaked, which on one hand represents the Avodas Hashem, the Avodas Beis Hamikdash, features when we get to these days of Churban, Beis Hamikdash. It is again the Shaked that comes in. Because that swiftness, that enthusiasm, that zeal, if it's not going to be used in Avodas Hashem, then Chas Hashem is turned around and turned against us. Vayishkod Hashem al Hashem will swiftly, quickly, with enthusiasm, as it were, bring the Khurban as Yirmiyahu saw in his vision. Rabbeinu Bechaye goes on to explain why the Makel Shaked was the representative of the Kahun of Aaron. He says, because Shkedim almonds are bitter. Almonds, when they are young on the tree, until they fully ripe, the almonds we eat at least, are bitter. Only once they fully ripened do they become sweet and tasty and edible. 
He says that because almonds are associated with bitterness, they are associated with Midas Hadin. As we see by Aaron, the din of Aaron against the rest of Bnei Israel to bring out the judgment, the righteous judgment, Aaron is the leader. And he quotes the judgment, the din against Tal Yisrael is at the time of Churban is represented by the Shaked. Represents impending disaster. The bitterness of Midas Hadin when it is brought forth in its starkest form. The time of the Churban Beis And the context of Parshas Korach to show the din that is leveled against those who risk taking issue with the kahuna and the leadership of Aaron and the tafkid of the kohanim. So how are we to relate to these days, the days of the shaked? The days where we are in the shoot, as it were, that there's no escape from, from the Yud Zayim B'Tamuz, when five events happened, five disasters occurred to Klai Yisrael, the first of which listed in the Mishnah, although chronologically the first was the shattering of the Luchas by but the first in the context of the days of Churban, Yud Zayim B'Tamuz, is Hufka Ha'ir, the walls of Yerushalayim are breached, and from there three weeks of fighting, until we get to the setting fire at the Beis Amigdash and the destruction of the Beis Amigdash on Tishabav. Those three weeks are described by Hamad Sarim. There's no escape. Once we enter them, we're on a shoot which takes us down to the Churban Abais. These are the days of the Shaked. They come, and when they happen, it happens quickly, it happens swiftly. There's no way out. There's a determination that it's going to happen. And yet, we saw that Ula teaches us that in that swiftness, in that determination to bring the Khurban and to bring it now, is hidden the tzedakah, the kindness. The tzedakah that Kaj Baruch Hu does, that he, into the Khurban he builds the possibility of binyan, the possibility of coming back. Two years early, that swiftness to bring the Chorban two years early allows us the possibility to come back and the possibility to transform the days of Chorban into days of Binyan. If the symbol of Chorban is the Shaked, and on the other hand, the symbol of the Mikdash and the Ovde Hashem, the Kohanim, is the Shaked. Clearly, the shaked can be represent two different two different poles, opposites. I mentioned that the shaked, the almond, when it's small, is bitter, but when it fully ripens, it becomes sweet. Almonds can be bitter, but almonds can be sweet. There's a Mishnah in Masechet Chulin on Daf Kaf which discusses this very uh, this very fact and the nature of almonds. And the Mishnah tells us there are two kinds of almonds. There are sweet almonds and there are bitter almonds. And they're both eaten. 
The sweet almond trees are the ones we've described till now. The small almonds, when they're unripe, are bitter. When they ripen, they become sweet and edible. The bitter almonds, when they reach maturity, are bitter and not good to eat. So when do people eat them? When they are very small, when they just come out in the tree and they are unripe, then they are edible. And therefore, when it comes to separating maiser, we have to know when the fruit is appropriate for eating. And therefore, we told that the Mishnah tells us that that which is chayav in the in the uh, bitter almonds, meaning the little ones, in the sweet almonds, are potter because the little ones are no good. And that which is potter in the bitter ones, meaning the fully developed ones, in the sweet almonds, are chayav because they're edible. And then the Gemara goes on to tell us that there are some who say that there are different opinions. And there is an opinion that they are both chayav when they are big. Both the sweet almonds and the bitter almonds in their fully developed form, in their ripened form, are chayav in maizah. Why should that be? The sweet ones we understand, they're edible. But the bitter ones aren't edible. Why should they be chayav in maizah? Answers Rabbi Yochanan, ho'il v'ra'uil maskan alidei ha'ur. Because they can be sweetened by fire. If we put those bitter almonds into the fire and toast them, they lose their bitterness and become tasty and become edible. And therefore, since they can be eaten in a normal way, they hide in miser. But we didn't bring this Gemara to learn the halachas of miser. Because I think the reason we bought it is that there seems to be a beautiful idea that is hidden within this halacha. The bitter almond is not edible. And yet, we can consider it a sweet fruit because it has the potential to be sweetened by fire. Rabbeinu B'chayah said that the almond, the bitterness of the almond represents Midas Hadin. We know Midas Hadin can be sweetened. Midas Hadin can be sweetened with Rachamim. Midas Hadin can be sweetened with Chesed. And if that's the case, these days, the days of the almond, the 21 days, which are represented by the 21 days of the ripening of the almond, they can be bitter. They are days of khurba when we focus on everything that we're missing, everything that we're lacking. But they have the potential to be transformed into days of sweetness. Just like the bitter almond, if you toast it, can become sweet and delicious to eat. So how do we go about doing that? A suggestion. The Churban comes about, as we saw, because of the Noshantem when you become old in the land. We think for a moment, what does it mean to become old? As we mentioned before, Avodah Hashem is meant to be done with risus, with excitement, with passion. As if today was the first time But Noshantem, if you'll become old, 
slow, unenthusiastic. Your avodashim becomes routine. From there, the pasuk tells us the next step is bishchatem. You become corrupt. You come from avodah Hashem to be avodah avodazar, and that results in avodah That results in us losing our connection to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, losing our connection to Eretz Yisrael, losing the opportunity to live in the palace of the king. So how do we get back there? or we can sweeten the almond with fire to inject some fire into Avodah Hashem. The antidote is to put the shkida back into our Avodah Hashem. The swiftness, the zeal, the enthusiasm, the excitement to fire up our Avodah Hashem. These are incredible days. We mentioned the pasuk called "Fea Hisigua Bein Hametzarim," pasuk, which is heartbreaking. The image of being trapped, nowhere to flee, nowhere to escape. The enemies pursuing, the enemies catching, the enemies destroying. The Sefer Chassidus bring down an unbelievable understanding of this pasuk. If we take the words called Feha, all those who pursue her, and we split it into two words, we come up with a very different understanding. Instead of reading called Feha Hisiguha, all her pursuers caught up to her. Let's split the word and read it as Kol Rodef Ka. Rodef Yudhei. Kol Rodef Ka. Anyone who pursues HaKadosh Baruch Hu, anyone who seeks out God, Hisigua will catch up to it, will achieve it. When? Bein HaMetzarim. These incredible days. Kol Rodev Anyone who pursues Hashem, wants to get close to Hashem, can achieve it when? Bein HaMetzarim. In these three weeks, these three weeks, of sadness, of destruction, of gollus, of distancing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? You're telling me this is the time to get closer, to achieve closeness to Hashem? Yes. And they bring a marshal. Man decides that he would like to see the king. He'd like to get to know him, like to build a relationship. So he turns to the palace, and of course, he can't go in. There are fences and more fences, and there's guards. So he goes up the gate, and the guard stops him. Before he can get even within 10 yards of the gate, he says, What do you think you're doing? He says, I want to see the king. He says, You want to see the king, do you? No problem. You want to see the king? You need to make an appointment. Appointment? Okay. Where do I go? He says, Here you are, here's the phone number. You pull up, make an appointment. No problem. He goes home, he calls up, gets through, says, I'd like to make an appointment to see the king. He says, Appointment to see the king? What are you, crazy? This number you call to make an appointment to see the undersecretary of the secretary for appointments. So he says, okay, so I can get an appointment? He says, yeah, you can get an appointment six months from now, you can get an appointment with the undersecretary, and if you get approved by the undersecretary, then you get to make an appointment with the secretary who makes the appointments for the king. But I just want to see the king. Yeah, 
And so it goes. You see this one, you see that one, you get screened, security screening. You can't just walk in and see the king. Who do you think you are? But what would happen if there was an earthquake and all the buildings in town are destroyed, including the king's palace, and everybody's going to know where to be? So everyone's wandering around the streets. The king's wandering around the streets too. Our friend can just go over to him, put his arm around his shoulder and say, Hey king, how are you doing? There's no separation. And so they explain, these are these days, these days of Khurban, these days of Golos. When the king is in his palace, it's hard. How do you get close to him? How do you approach him? But when the world is chaos, when his, home, when the, when his palace is destroyed, where is the Shrina? We can approach him right on. There's nothing stopping us. These days, which we're accustomed to thinking of days of sadness, are definitely sad. But they're not bitter. They're days which we can sweeten. It's an opportunity. These three weeks, these three weeks of the Shaked, are an opportunity to get close to HaKadosh Baruch again. It's an amazing thing. Sometimes people want to visit Gedolim, Chashev Rabbanim. It's difficult. They have spare times. They have people around them. It's not, they're not always approachable, not always accessible. They have busy schedules. But when Lo Aleichem Lo they're sitting Shiva. Anybody can come in. A time of Khurban. And a time of Velas sometimes offers an opportunity that isn't available at other times. These are the three weeks. Bain Amitsarim, yes. They're a shoot. They're a road which takes us directly from Yudzain Batamus to the Khurban. They're a time when we're vulnerable. There are times when we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's anger. There's time when we see Vayishkot Hashem, Hashem's determination, the Makel Shaked of Yirmiyahu, his determination, in three weeks to bring the Khurban. And yet, the Shaked has that property of we can sweeten it with fire. That's our avoider for these three weeks. To inject fire back into our Vodas Hashem. To counteract the Vinoshantem. To reduce the excitement, the passion into our tefillah, into our mitzvahs, into our learning, into our interaction of Bein Adam Lechavero. To counteract the Vinoshantem. And to use these days as days of days where we can actively pursue our connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and reconstruct our relationship, repair the damage. And thereby, if we do it properly, 
were able to minimally come out of these days with a closeness to Hashem and a wonderfully improved Avodah Hashem. And if all of Chal Israel invest in it together, we can transform them from the Shaket Hamar to the Shaket Hamatok, from the bitter almond days to the sweet almond days. To days when the almond branch, instead of being the Makel Shaked of Yirmiyahu, the Makel, as we mentioned, the Malbim, which is the instrument of punishment, and the swift punishment, we transform that into the Mateh of Aaron, the staff of greatness, of leadership, and reestablish Avodah Hashem, Beis Amigdash, the Kahuna of Bnei Aaron, with the Shaked, the Mateh, with the Shaked blossoming on it, representing enthusiasm, the zeal, the excitement of Avodah Hashem. It's Hashem, we should all be zeichet to use these days wisely, take full advantage of them, and see these days transformed into days of Sassan the Simchat.